Welcome back to the More Than Punk podcast. I'm Seb Mackay, and this week I am hanging out with Ash Tub from this fantastic band here, straight out of the UK. It's Sugar Horse, and this track playing right now is their new single, Slam Dancing in a Burning Building. This week is an absolute riot. We talk about everything from Green Day to Ozzy Osbourne to song titles not matching songs and how the band plan to continue to grow throughout this ongoing fucking mental crisis shit. There is a little bit of weird technical glitch that happened during the recording of this episode, so we're ripping right into it after this introduction. But get strapped in. This one's a fun one. You're on the More Than Punk podcast, and at the end of the show, we'll have Slam Dancing in a Burning Building in full for you. So make sure you check that one out. This is my conversation with Ash Tub, vocals and guitar of Sugar Horse. I mean, you, I mean, obviously, you guys are releasing music into a kind of weird, into a kind of a weird time, right? So for you, and we're just going to dive into me firing questions at you because this is something yeah, I ask yeah, everyone, yeah. and I'm I'm super curious about like how it changes the way you think about putting your music out because like, and I know we can't tour, and everyone's like, well, usually we would tour this, but do you kind of, I mean, you can't sit on it forever, right? I mean, um like a lot of I think a lot of bands um oh god I don't want to generalize too much that's fine I generalize all the time (laughs) you're in good um, company it seems like a lot of bands um kind of the things they like about being in a band I'd say it's like an 80 20 split of like writing and recording and releasing music is the 20 and then the 80 is like the playing live Mm. whereas I think we're a lot more 50 50 um mm-hmm. i like i personally like re like my favorite thing in the world is get it is the moment when you when you have a new thing that's real good um i like i i have to get it down like as quick as as quick as possible so it doesn't go <laughs> um yeah. but like yeah, just that moment of kind of having something and knowing you have it and getting it, getting it down. So it's like recorded and it can be kind of brought back at a later date, I think is like the most exciting thing about uh, being in a band or being a musician or being an artist, full stop. Um, what are we talking about? Releasing music. <laughs> um, so I, we, we actually like really enjoy the whole process of releasing music and putting it out there. So I, it, it's kind of annoying not um not getting to play it but 
it doesn't it doesn't irk me like we haven't stopped mm. any kind of progress um from releases and stuff because of it at the moment like it, if anything um the first lockdown um we have we have like an album in the bank i actually finished like mixing it pretty much like about a month ago now mm-hmm. and i'd say about half of that was written um in the lockdown just gone um yeah last year um but because i had so much because we had so much time we also wrote two like the single slam dancing in the burning building that just came out is a product of that lockdown and the single before that the great shame that they were both written at the same time which i think you can kind of tell they have the same kind of similar kind of vibe to them but um yeah if, if anything it's made us put out more stuff um which i like i, I think it's cool they're, they're thankfully not songs about how badly you want to go outside. Right? <laughs> like the, the lockdown song or the lockdown album, it's going to be a thing, right? Like sometime this year, maybe in the summer, all those albums that people are working on are all going to be like, when well, we can go outside in the sunshine and it's, yeah, it's going to be a moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it was played out the second we went into lockdown, wasn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't really have any interest in that. Plus, I like... I'm in a really kind of lucky, privileged position that me and my partner are both really stable in our jobs and we're not, we're a bit shorter on money, but not, not much. So we're kind of safe and I've just spent like the last year at home. Um, yeah. Being same. like, being like home dad um, to my little kid. So it's, we're kind of in a privileged position and I don't enjoy going outside very much anyway. I'm now you're like, speaking my language, man. Yeah. 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 I like, if it was my choice, I'd just spend this much time inside yeah. <laughs> anyway. So like it really, I know a lot of people it's had like the opposite effect, but I've found it kind of liberating. Um, in a yeah. Way. I, so my biggest worry is that I'm so used to living like this now that when it's all over, whether it's in like six months or 20 years, I'm just going to be like, why would I go back to that? Like I've genuinely, I have moments like that where I'm like, but this is so good. They bring food to my door. I stay inside. Like it's, you know, it's. Oh, yeah. man, I, I went, I went back to work for like, uh, when was it? Like July till November after the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. And that first three weeks was like the hardest, <laughs> the yeah. hardest thing ever. Oh, it was so annoying. I was like, well, I've got things to do like every day of the week. This is bullshit. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. I've been working um, basically the whole way through. So, so I'm still very much like chained to that, that mentality. But, you know, now I get out of bed at like 845 <laughs> to start work at nine. And, you know, like there, there are some really kind of sweet lifestyle changes. But I mm. and I understand that is not nearly the case for everybody. Yeah obviously before before you were talking about how like the most satisfying thing is getting something out recording it coming back to it later i was talking to greg um whose last time i'm not going to try and pronounce because i consistently fuck it up um but the singer for dillinger escape plan killer be killed uh shit four months ago now or something when their new album came out and he was talking about how that moment of like waiting for that i suppose creative serenity just like rules his whole life he's like i don't go out i don't like do anything i don't have a girlfriend like i just were boyfriend i just wait until these moments hit and then if i don't write them down they're just gone forever and he just lives his whole life um you know in anticipation of those moments and i get that he's you know at the extreme end of the scale but is it kind of similar for you or is there a sense of like eh, i'm falling asleep i might remember this idea or i might not you know oh well i i like to research things that i'm like doing interviews on or whatever just just in case i'm like talking to, accidentally like start talking to alex jones or something yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, I listened to that episode it was really cool i, I love oh, thanks how, man like, I love how like fucking ruthless the guy is. It's amazing. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, I, it doesn't. Um, I think he, his way of doing it is kind of waiting for those moments to hit, and I, that happens sometimes to me. But I like meticulously plan everything, mm-hmm. so it sounds it sounds weird. I I don't really like. I don't really like 
have an idea that comes to me and then the rest of the song kind of un unrolls. I normally like have like a plan of what kind of song I want to do. Like I'll hear a structure in, in a different song or I'll, I don't know, watch a film where like the idea of the story arc is kind of weird and I can transfer that into music somehow. And then I'll have an idea of like what I want the song to be. And mm -hmm. then I'll kind of sit down. It normally takes, sometimes it happens in one go, but most of the time it's like two separate sit downs and then it kind of, then I kind of bolt the things together and it works like that. Mm. So it's it's a lot less uh, like romantic and spontaneous, I guess, than Greg's, than Greg's idea. I, th I think it's kind of fun to think about it as being romantic and spontaneous. You know, there's that <laughs> sort of idea that like, oh, we're, I, was, I say we, I'm not a musician, but like, you know, songwriters and stuff like, oh, I just had this bolt from the blue and I wrote the song and now it's, you know, changed people's lives. And it's always fun to kind of pull back the curtain and like look at The Wizard of Oz and go, actually, you know, we sat down and we thought we're going to write a song about, you know, taking a shit, whatever it is, and, and this is how it's going to work out, you know? Yeah, I find like um, the more kind of regular songy songy things like stuff that is <laughs> stuff that's like got a singy verse and a singy chorus. You have to kind of wait for that to come, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, are the other like weirder things and especially the heavier stuff, I have to I, I'm bored by so much heavy music. that I have to I have to kind of plan something out that's interesting to me rather than just um, just like writing a bunch of cool riffs and sticking them together, you know? Um, yeah, the, I'd, I'd say the, the, the structure is one of the like most important things in our band, like the structures of the songs rather than the parts themselves, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. It's, it's, it's always really about the whole rather than like, this is a cool, I don't know, drum part or this is a cool riff, like, it's it's always it's always way more about the whole. Um, we kind of have some rules where everything's got to be like as simple as possible to play, and it's it's got to be like real boneheaded. And it, I th I think like putting yourself into that difficult position um, makes you a lot more creative within it. Mm. Otherwise, I I yeah. Other, yeah. Otherwise, especially especially nowadays when you can look at when you can when you have any kind of music anything you can imagine just a, a mouse click away it's like if there's so much like option paralysis there like you can do anything you want mm. if you start limiting yourself into like these tiny boxes then it kind of it makes you more inventive within that box i had a moment the other day where i felt like the grand old man i was talking to uh the drummer from carpal tunnel and they've just signed to pure noise records and they're an amazing band super sweet guys they're all like 20 21 22 and he was talking about how he grew up listening to music on his phone and it, i was like holy shit, we're up to the stage in life where people do that now like they don't own cds or they didn't have walkmans like and i was just sitting there like shit, i'm getting old Anyway, it's just a tangent. Yeah, I, I always, I, I don't know, I'm I'm 28 at the moment. I remember my age. Me too, so. hey. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, like, so I I kind of, I, we kind of sit on the cusp, right? We're like, mm. I uh, my, my like romantic period of like harking back and remembering music is all based around like fucking torrenting, like, Napster yeah. and like Winamax and stuff, you know, which is, yeah. which is really weird. It's such a like very specific window in time that didn't last for very long. I think it's really interesting. Um, so I, I like it's yeah, it's real different than people who are mostly based in kind of like a physical realm. And now you don't kind of actually own or have anything. It's all like in a cloud that you access, mm. which is which is really strange, but yeah, we, we sit on like a weird, like cusp of the two. Um, I personally, I hate CDs. I can't, I can't stand CDs. We've, we haven't put out a CD yet. <laughs> um, Fair enough, just because well, one, I don't think anyone would actually buy them. Mm. And I just find them kind of boring. It's like a, it's like a, to me, it feels like a weird middle ground between a vinyl and, and an MP3. I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think it's funny. With, I mean, obviously, without like admitting to too many crimes on this podcast, um, <laughs> I I remember logging into LimeWire and finding like some of my favorite bands still now from downloading like one or two songs, and and we would have those conversations like growing up, like, oh, you know, you shouldn't like illegally download New Zealand bands because you know they're not very big and they need the money, but like, fuck those American bands. They're on major labels, like they're rich and over oh, the. Yeah over the lifetime yeah like (laughs) like this is okay because they're on a major but if they're on an indie like you have to buy it and then you end up buying it through fucking itunes anyway so they get tv yeah Yeah, exactly and having those stations are mad (laughs) and and then like knowing that over the course of your life you probably put more money into that band through guilt (laughs) than you know you ever would have by downloading that like one song from limeware um the the cd thing is funny man like i still have in a in a box somewhere all of my old rise against cds like i went on a mission to collect like every single one of them and i've got the first cd that seether released when they were still sarin gas and like a whole bunch of shit like that but as soon as like i started upgrading my computer all of a sudden my cd thing just got taken away from me and i was like that decision yeah, yeah. was just made and i felt like i had no input into it it was like you either keep an old computer from like 10 years ago or you don't listen to cds anymore and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck yeah it's weird isn't it like um i like i uh, the thing i've realized is i haven't bought like a new stereo well i haven't had a new stereo since i was like a little kid mm. so it's always like um i always get like i don't you always go to like a charity shop or something and buy like a stereo for like 30 quid or something you know yeah and those those are always older ones as cd players and i was thinking the other day like if i went into does curry's even still exist like if i went into like <laughs> if i went into like curry's or something now do the stereos have cd players in them or, i don't, I don't even it, know if they do you, i don't even know if they sell stereos it, no what is it then what <laughs> what what's taken that place do you just buy speakers for a computer now is that it yeah, I mean, I've got a network of Bluetooth speakers around the flat, so that right. this and they all connect together on this app, and so I can play music from like I said, any different room. It makes it sound like the flat's huge. It's fucking not. <laughs> it's like a one bed flat. It's it. The music's either in the kitchen or the fucking living room. But um, yeah, I can just switch it, and that's what I do now. I just okay. That's too advanced for me. <laughs> Plus, I have a small baby, so it's like mm. it's it's if I have to if I'm listening to music when I'm walking around, it's headphones. Or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, my um... I've got like a thousand watt stereo downstairs, and oh, I haven't amazing. I haven't used it in like a year. Because <laughs> the only times I can is when someone's asleep. So <laughs> you, know? you, ju- you just sit and stare at it and just imagine the good old days, like oh, the stereos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I I, dr- I dream about getting into vinyl collecting like i'm gonna stick them all on a wall and i'm gonna play a record player and, and all that sort of shit and then i i realized i'm way too fucking lazy like, <laughs> oh, i don't want to have to get up and turn the damn thing over if i can just change it on my phone you, you know you can get there are old there are older ones where you can um they're probably really expensive to buy second hand now but um they flip it themselves oh that's it's cool. mad it's like a mad mechanism inside that flips it I've, I've, I, I, I really like records. There's some behind me there. That's probably bad for a podcast, isn't it? Look at all these records that I have. Um, yeah, I really like records just because I like looking at all the shit while they're playing. I find like, um, especially with when you're listening to something you really like, I, I don't like being distracted. It's so easy to be distracted by your yeah. phone and stuff now, isn't it? Um, and I like, I like the kind of immersing yourself in the whole thing when you listen to it. You said something I want to latch on to um, before. You were talking about how you were bored of um, heavy music. Mm. Talk, talk me through that, because I know that for me, like my music, I don't want to say it's diversified, my music taste is a little bit softer than it used to be. I'll put on things like 36 Crazy Fists when I'm in like a mood, but I tend to steer more towards that kind of like folk rock sort of sort of thing at the moment. Like what's your, what's your boredom? What's driving you crazy about it? I kind of have been for like years. I like I was really into real heavy stuff when I was like a teenager, and then uh, I kind of went to uni for a bit and was like a full-on indie kid for a few years and just didn't listen to anything heavy for ages really. And then it kind of crept back in. But and with that, I 
realize i don't i don't want to slag anyone off individually no, because of what they want i don't give a fuck it's just my personal taste um but like i realized that there there are very few bands within kind of like heavier styles of music that really push anything or do any or try mm. to do anything different and i'm not saying that we do or we probably try well i try to but um we probably fail on many occasions but um yeah it just um it it all sometimes it can feel a bit like you're in this genre so that's what you have to play mm. within heavy music and I, I find i find that is kind of more pervasive within heavier genres than it is um than it, than it is kind of like indie rock or or like ambient music or electronic music or anything um but yeah i still i still listen to heavy stuff like all the time um it's just a very select kind of group of yeah bands and I, i'm not very easily impressed <laughs> i'm quite a fucking negative guy so i think sorry, I think... I... sorry i don't know if i can swear on here no you can no you can 100 percent fucking swear you can awesome it is like we, we <laughs> i have the e explicit rating on itunes and i plan to keep it fan so, fucking tastic yeah i fucking worked for it <laughs> <laughs> no it's all fair game yeah um what was i gonna say there was something about about that that i um oh yeah so it's funny when you listen to like metalcore and stuff and, and you feel like if you listen to one metalcore band you've kind of like figured out what 50 of them sound like yeah, you know, there's like not a whole lot of diversity, and and I'm gonna get a fucking music podcast. I'm gonna slag off metalcore, but fuck it. Like, you you can tell when it's like this is the kind of genre, and this is where we sit. And it's funny for me going back and listening to bands that have like been that way for like a decade, and I'm just like, don't you crave kind of like variety? But mm, not that genre in particular. Just sounds like all the bad parts from the first Norma Jean record <laughs> 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 to me. That's what that's what that sounds like. Um, but <laughs> I'm gonna get, I, I hope I get hate mail on, on Twitter now. That's, that's brilliant. I love a Twitter fight. Yeah, yeah is that, is that, that's how we spend our time now, right? We just get, we just pick fights yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. I'm a mouthy cunt as well, so. Oh, well, bring it, bring it on. Hey, I, I, I hear from the grapevine that you're a, um, an Anton LaVey fan as well. Uh, not, not, that... not, not specifically not Anton specifically. LaVey. I, I find I, I find the idea of Satanism quite comedically fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I I I find it that like the kind of base idea of it, where it's um I don't know, it's kind of like a rebellion, you know. Mm. That's that's um that's appealing to like the teenage boy in me. But I I, I just find that the idea of it quite quite funny, like. Especially because it has no, like in 2021, saying you're a Satanist, it holds no like water whatsoever now, does it? It's not at all shocking. So I find it, I quite, I find it quite funny, like just putting like hell Satan in all caps at like the end of every tweet, like I'm trying to be, <laughs> like I'm trying to be this massive edgelord. I, I, yeah, it's just um, comedic value in it. I think everyone just yeah. thinks of like I don't know fucking Slayer in like yeah totally 1988 or something like covered in spikes and like <laughs> it's funny. Ozzy Osbourne biting a head off a bat. I actually speaking of how things have changed, I saw that it's been like 20 years since he's done that recently or however long it's been, and so he's released a um, a soft toy of a bat where the head is removable. Oh, and I was like, I don't know if that's cool or if I'm kind of slightly disappointed that, you know, like our heroes are becoming the villains. You get what I mean? I mean, I mean like, do you remember the Osborns? Like, yeah, that shit happened fair. like 20 years ago, man. Like, true, yeah, true. It was, an, it was just free fall from that point on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I'm slagging yeah. off Ozzy Osborne now. I mean, this look, is... we're, we're getting, getting to deep, deep trouble on this one. Right? It's going to look beautiful. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> They say all publicity is good publicity, so I figure, yeah, you know, why sure. not test it, right? <laughs> <laughs> out of out of the ten thousand hate tweets that you get, there's got to be at least like you know three percent of people that like the music, right? So uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Be a connection. Uh, um, 
Okay, so one of the things that I'm keen to switch about, you have awesome song titles. I felt particularly attacked, um, and I'm failing to remember the name of it now specifically, um, but was it that your degree's not impressive and your parents aren't proud of you? That was that was particularly your, cutting. Your degree is worthless and your parents aren't proud of you. Yeah. That's the, yeah. So that was that was particularly cutting. Um, talk, I mean, talk me through that. Like, for, I know that you, you sort of do things for, like, comedic value and there's a, there's a bit of cynicism there and stuff, but do you kind of feel like now as we sort of meander towards the end of the apocalypse and all of those kinds of things that you're like looking back going, fuck, what have I been up to? <laughs> um, that, that title is Chris, our bass players, I believe. We've mm -hmm. got a big, we've got like this. So it's Chris with daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> we've got this super secret Facebook group um with a thread in it that's literally just song title ideas like there's like i think there's like a thousand five hundred of them in there mm. now most of them are shit but then every now and again you get like a golden one we're like that's got to be a song but um i, I it's totally robbed from like like mogwai and mm -hmm. like uh like late 90s early 2000s like math rock when they just um because there's no lyrics or anything, they just call mm. the songs whatever they want. And I, I find it, I like, I find it kind of embarrassing when like metal bands call their songs like, like, <laughs> like really pretentious. Like, oh, it, it, yeah, it kind of fucks me off. So I'd like to put a bit of, we like to put a bit of levity in there, you know. Um, but what what's cool about that is normally the, normally the songs get named before I've written words to them. And it will mm -hmm. be like a joke. It will be like a joke title that we all find funny. And then I kind of like to not direct. Sometimes the song titles are directly connected to the to the lyrics, but sometimes they're kind of like like the idea of the title. I like to try and connect into the lyrics a bit, um, which makes it more interesting. It gives you like a base to jump off from, you know. Yeah. Because it's, um, it's a, there's that whole thing, right? I mean, I mean, obviously, as like metal people, we take ourselves way too fucking seriously. <laughs> but there's there's also that thing about like your song titles could just be whatever the fuck you want them to be. Yeah, exactly. They don't need to be anything. Like... There's a um a Ben Marwood song, and it's like I didn't want to be Avril Lavoie, Avril Lavigne's boyfriend anyway, and it's based off that song that she had way back in like 2010 or something, where she talks about like. Was it like, hey, you, I don't like your boyfriend or something? And the whole song, <laughs> it's it's just not about that. And you talk to him about it and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I wanted to make a dig at Avril Lavigne and I figured a song title was the only way I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, fair yeah. play, dude. Yeah, 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 exactly. It doesn't need to be, they don't need to be connected. Like, I'm, I'm in love with this. They're broken up now, but I'm in love with this band called The Chariot. Mm -hmm. They're like a... They're like, a, I guess you'd call them like mathcore, but I don't really see them that way. There's like, it's like mad, like art, hardcore to me. But um, they have a, I'm, I'm reading this off my phone now. Excellent. <laughs> to, 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 try, to try and remember it. But they have um, a, uh, an album called The Fiance mm. and all of, all of the song titles, are different parts of a sentence that you read together to make a sentence. So like the first few are like back to back, uh, they faced each other, they drew their swords and shot each other. The deaf policeman heard the noise and came to kill the two dead boys. And mm. they're all like separate song titles, which I find quite cool. Like that's an art in itself. Like that can be interesting in itself, just the the song titles, regardless of the music, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. My grandfather used to say that to me when I was growing up. Oh, that really? was like one of his, he had, a, you know, he was one of those, those guys, was, is one of those guys that could like pull his thumb off and come up with all of these things and that was one of them yeah all oh, right cool i didn't oh but what what is that is that like a, a, a like a nursery rhyme or something i've i think it was just an old dude coming up with well he obviously didn't come up with it <laughs> I, I doubt that chariot I, stole it from him but like i didn't know was, i didn't know it was a reference to anything so i'm learning now this is good yeah see that's what we <laughs> hope to do um i don't actually yeah, don't know yeah, what yeah. it's a reference to but it's something oh, that okay. I, I grew up with and it's, some, it's one of those that. weird things that like sticks in your head and sometimes i'll just be walking around and i'll be like oh yeah that was it back to back they faced each other drew their swords and shot one and i'm like why am i thinking of that right now <laughs> but it sticks with you yeah for sure yeah it, well it's just a it's a cool thing to do that's not just like a bunch of random song titles you know um it's just it's fun in it mm. and that 
and art is meant to be fun at the end of the day. So you, you're going to go back through and rewrite the titles for all of the uh, all of the songs on your banked album and be like, <laughs> that's all just a sentence now? Um, but no, probably not. It took, it took long enough to come up with those titles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you changed it. The worst ever interview I did was with More Than Punk. That'd be... <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. It'd make me famous, which would be nice. <laughs> Oh man, I'm getting in so much trouble for this. Um, oh. The other one I would check you about. So Richard Branson and the Sky with Diamonds. There's a very small band that um, I know a lot of people haven't really heard of that did a song around um, Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds. Are you are you a fan of of said small band or is that another of the fifteen hundred list? Uh, no, that was just like a that that's another Chris title that one. Mm -hmm. um, that he just he just came into practice and was like, I've got a good one. <laughs> and then said it and then said it and we all laughed and we were like yeah cool that'll be the next song then you know <laughs> like yeah. so it doesn't they don't really um they don't really match up to the songs that well the, i think the only one where, where we actually thought about like how the song matches up to the title was um on the last ep uh drugs there's <laughs> which is awesome by the way Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It always feels um, weird complimenting someone in an interview, but like I only talk to people whose music I like. So it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> I've, I have quite a naturally sarcastic tone to my voice as well. So <laughs> I've, I find um, I find taking compliments quite difficult. So I'm like, oh, thank you very much. It's very English. <laughs> of like, I'm being like, oh, fuck you then, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a song on that EP that's um, called When September Rain. And we were just laughing about how that song's like a ballad. Mm. So we were like, let's just glue two famous ballad song titles together. It made me laugh, at least. I love it. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. I remember like every September, right? They, Green Day always sort of comes out of the woodwork and it's like, guys, guys, the memes aren't funny. And you're like, oh, dude, it's been like 12 years, hasn't it? Like. Let's not, let's not start talking about 9-11 in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a real slippery slope i did see something the other day and it was like would you listen to green day's back catalog for like a million pounds and i'm like yes obviously i mean the latter stuff would be tough though wouldn't it <laughs> i mean but it's a million quid right like yeah you you'd want to rip up some of those notes and kind of stuff them inside your ears for those last few albums Mm. The, the uno dos tres one was that that was kind of my um i didn't abandonment I, point I, I saw that it was like a triple album and that it was that pun that does it, it it's not even really a pun is it mm. <laughs> um, and and was like i refuse to even to even think about listening to this <laughs> it's an insult <laughs> I I got I got review copies. So this was the really interesting ah. thing for me was I like I used to get posted CDs. That's you know how long I've been doing this shit. And surprisingly, they keep letting me do it. Um, and I, I, I remember it's weird because like, I listen to so much music that if I'm being honest, a lot of it I don't really remember. Right? <coughs> like I don't always remember the first time I listened to a band or I listened to a song. Oh, um, yeah. But with this one in particular, I remember sitting there listening to it because he's like singing about being like, 17 or 18 and like sleeping on the floor of people's places when he was out touring and i was like dude you you're like 40 now and you have a private jet like where like where are we going with this you know oh it's unbelievable isn't it it's like <laughs> I, was, I was like are we... just just quit just quit there's no there's no point there's no yeah. point in you doing it anymore just quit you've got money and you have nothing to say so just shut the fuck up and go away <laughs> 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 I love the idea that that's your like that's your mantra. Like for you in your head somewhere, there's a cutoff point where like Sugar Horse makes enough money and you say everything and you go, you know what? I'm out. I'm oh, mate, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, um, I've really, uh, there's there's like a old podcast like uh called Shallow Rewards that I really like, which is like a mu music history criticism podcast, and he literally like. He sounds way more informed than me. Oh, man! If it, it's it's on YouTube, like find these videos; they're amazing. You're like you'll find so many good bands through them, and he's amazing at talking. And it, like he's he's just like on it. Um, 
but basically he finished this first series of it and it was incredible and loads of people loved it and he was like I've got nothing else to say on these topics now so mm. goodbye deleted everything and then and then left <laughs> like wow. I have so much respect for that <laughs> like yeah I have so respect for that it's like so cool to be able to do that like why should you just carry on when you have nothing left you know like yeah true wow i am getting existential over this now i'm like you're, you're just gonna break me apart aren't you <laughs> like, come on dude you're 20 episodes in like you've got to think of some fresh shit now <laughs> i'm just making you slag off bands and ponder your existence it's yeah good. that's what we come for though right <laughs> Um, is it, but I mean, I want to make you ponder your existence now, because is there a point to all of this? And, and this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. Like, yeah, I know everyone says like they make music cause they love it, blah, 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 blah. But is there like a point for you? Like, are you looking beyond that going, actually, this is what we want to say. And this is where we want to get to, or is it like, you know what, this is fun. We'll fuck around for a bit and then we're gone. Um, I wouldn't say like, there's any kind of, I, w I wouldn't say we go the tables any turned. particular any kind of particular political agenda or anything like we're not trying to say anything yeah. big in that sense um it's all kind of it's all very selfish music i guess um but at the same time i i feel like this is going to sound like i'm the vainest cunt in the world good i feel i feel like it's we're your turn to get in trouble motherfucker <laughs> Uh, I I feel like we're doing stuff that not many other people are doing. So mm -hmm. I guess it's I, I'm doing inverted commas here for people listening. <laughs> um, I guess it's important um, in that way, um, but otherwise it's entirely selfish. Like yeah, we all love doing it, so we do it. I know it's cliches, but um... well, that's that's the funny thing about passion industries, though right and i think there's this podcast and i haven't listened to it but the title is fucking brilliant and it's called like wait you guys get paid and <laughs> and, and it it sort of sums up the whole this is going to be a tirade for you it sums up the whole kind of music industry and, it, and at least this side of the music industry so well mm -hmm. and i think ultimately if you don't do it because you love doing it like there's not really any point you know like you could just write songs for ed sheeran you know, like, like that's what's going to get you paid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that's bleak, but it's not untrue. Oh, I, I, bleak is good. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I, I, I'm in, I'm in two minds about the, um, about like being, being paid for stuff. I mm. On the one hand, I'd like people to be rewarded for the good art they make, obviously, like mm. people should be and, there, there should be like a there should be at least some kind of audit on what's going on within at least the music industry at the moment where things aren't things aren't valued as they should be but then at the same time I hold in my head that I don't know your your art isn't doesn't have any intrinsic value you know what I mean like just because mm. you just because you spend six months every day for six months making something doesn't mean it it intrinsically has any value um so there's there's that's a difficult position to be in but <laughs> so so it's interesting because the flip side of that coin is this side of the industry right now i i am not going to argue that this podcast is art by fucking any stretch of the imagination <laughs> right like we're, we're staying well away from that um but if, if you, you think about it, oh, it is pardon if you call it art, it is. <laughs> yeah, but I just don't want to hold myself to that. <laughs> I'll call it um, art, and officially, someone has called it art. <laughs> um, yeah, so so from the, the journalism side of it, the funny thing is, it is so much more about business and economics, right? Because unless you work for, like, Metal Hammer or similar, most places will not pay you. Yeah, cool. because and they get advertising and the editor gets paid and they have subscriptions and all that kind of shit right but you ultimately it, it ends up kind of like breeding this thing where they'll just take people 
like me and be like, I mean, this is my own shit, right? But I'm talking about like writing for magazines and stuff. You'll go out and they'll be like, hey, you can like talk to your favorite bands and we'll get you on the guest list and, you know, you go to shows and stuff. The guest list, contrary to popular belief, does not mean that you meet the band. It just means that you don't have to pay to go into the show. I am um, well aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wasn't. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things, right, where like, it starts to whereas you guys are sitting there kind of like trying to create art and say something you know interesting or important or fun we, we sort of get dragged up and told like interview these people in 20 minutes um write an article about it that's a thousand words it'll take you two days or whatever submit it and we'll send you a cd or something like that and so you just get kind of anyone and everyone piling on and you end up losing any sense of um like value of criticism you know or value of critique like it stops being about how does music fit into you know like culture how does the new sugar horse song fit into you know our scene and becomes more about like oh if i was writing that song i wouldn't have used the guitars like that and you're just like who the fuck are you and the answer is always someone they found on the street and it creates these two to, 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 to play complete devil's advocate oh i love it for a second um that's kind of part of the fun of it though no like um yeah. like get, being put into a position where you have to do something i don't know in some way like different or interesting to get people to pay attention or to even keep yourself interested in it you know I think attention is different to like, it's different to money though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like yeah. if you're pumping out content for like a weekly magazine and they're like, oh, we can't pay you, but you get free music. I mean, mm. now that we don't have iPods and this is a funny thing, right? Cause we used to get like downloads of, of things and you could put it on your iPod and you'd have it like a month before everyone else. But now that everything goes out on Spotify, you don't even get that benefit anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah check out the new sugar host record here's the link on spotify and you're like <laughs> ah okay yeah it's it, it it's like an interesting time to be in music at the moment i think mm. like it might not be interesting in a good way but totally. i don't I, I feel like the kind of the fun of it is trying to turn the bad into the good you know um god i sound like a massive hippie but <laughs> I, know, I love that you're you're flip-flopping between like uh bleak and like total fucking hippie it's amazing <laughs> but i uh, like to to bring it back to myself <laughs> um <laughs> that's 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 kind of that's kind of what our our writing process is that's like mm. some of the rules are kind of based around that like making things as simple and boneheaded as you can to try and get something, try and get something interesting out of it um, that I don't know you wouldn't otherwise otherwise see or hear, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys like thinking about or paying any attention to the whole like tour, ah, um, visa-free touring thing with the EU? Like, is that on your radar, or are you just like, you know what, the world is ending, we'll deal with this afterwards? Because <laughs> that's a, that, I mean, over time that'll have massive impacts on you know what you can do as a band right uh yeah for sure i mean i don't bring it back to being bleak <laughs> i mean we as a band even like our old bands haven't toured europe before um so uh, as of yet I, I mean it is it is affecting us and everyone else mm. right now I, like loads of my friends are fucked because of it um who are either like tech, like touring techs or touring musicians. Um, even, even little things like this kind of fucks us over a little bit, but like posting things to Europe now is mm. loads more expensive. Like I went to send a record off like a couple of weeks ago and it had like, the price had gone up by 50% just to send a record to Europe, which means that the price of sending it is almost the same as the, the actual record now, yeah. which is, which is madness. Um, but yeah, the actual touring side hasn't really affected us yet. I mean, it's hard to tell. Well, it's it's hard to tell whether they'll actually try and fix anything. Uh, like mm. the government will actually try and fix anything. Seems within, unlikely. 
it seems unlikely yeah but you uh if you if you lose all hope then uh i don't know <laughs> but that's what we were here for <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, is there, uh, like this and this is an interesting thing i was talking to silverstein about this the other day and they're obviously a canadian band right but um shane was saying that they knew that if they wanted to do something with their music they had to skip canada and go straight to the us and just tour the hell out of the us um you know he's like he he didn't name drop but there are canadian bands he's like they do really well in canada but no one knows who they are in the us unfortunately one of them wasn't nickelback um and one of the interesting things for me is like now the uk is in this weird situation right where it's it's more expensive to go to europe it's more it's harder to you know send merchandise music all of that kind of stuff um are, are you guys thinking dominate the uk are you thinking like maybe and, and uh, obviously this is all post-apocalypse like mad max style stuff but eventually go stateside or does having a family kind of change the way you think about you know how you want to approach things i mean logistically having a family uh, kind of makes going to the states like impossible mm. right now um i mean i we'd have to get offered a lot of money um, to make that in any way viable. I mean, you you have to, to make it e economically viable to go to the States and tour as a UK band at the moment, you have to play a lot of shows. Like you have to be out there for, I, I would probably say like a month, two months at least to even like break even. Yeah, um, sort of playing like four or five nights a week, right? Yeah, and but then I can't, I can't go to the States for two months <laughs> um and make no money and not be here so it's like it's difficult because i at some point love to go play the states would be amazing but uh, realistically it's it's a pipe dream <laughs> but <laughs> then, yeah i, th I always like, think of sorry you go we're yeah we're, we're not exactly making i mean we're not fucking faust or something but we're, no. we're not exactly making easy we're not exactly making easy music to mm. like we're, we're not like a pop punk band you know it's not <laughs> there, there's not there's not a big audience there to start with so mm. you it's it limits you already so <laughs> it puts the limitations just keep piling on and piling on for that kind of thing i don't know it that's morose as fuck but it's yeah the truth but, but it's yeah it's an important it's an important thing it makes me think of um that record label in the us called fixed fxit and a bunch of their artists like cell dweller and stuff don't tour they just hang out at home make records put them out and that's that's kind of always been their thing and i remember he did one live show in in like the past decade where he flew to um russia and made a dvd of him playing live and that was literally it and i think it's weird how the landscapes kind of changed and that you can really invest in that side of it and you know with, with like a bit of business now make that a thing but no one teaches you the business now right you've got to figure that all out as you go yeah i mean i don't think anyone i don't I, the whole like streaming and like mp3 thing has fucked the the old model of mm. the music business up entirely Two per song yeah and it's and no one no one has no, no one has found a way no, no one's even tried to find a way to make things work now you know what i mean it's all kind of still based on an old model that doesn't work mm -hmm. so it's 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 kind of weird there hasn't been like a big like kind of revolution within music where everything has kind of been turned on its head it's just kind of like sticking gaffer tape on an old car and pushing it along yeah. that's yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so I, I, like that that works for them i guess um but it, that's not going to work for everyone like yeah i remember there's a um 30 seconds to mars documentary a while back and they were making a point in the documentary to like go through their contracts and show how they were getting screwed and on their mp3 sales they were still getting charged breakage in the same way that you would if you ship cds and they turned up half smashed and i yeah. mean there's like a whole lot of things wrong with that right like firstly why is the pan pa band paying for broken cds but like secondly like mp3s don't break like it's, you know it feels like someone's just rushed through and just like sort of updated things for the modern times if you will yeah there's there's loads of shit shit with the streaming services now that um the, the major labels have these weird deals where 
they're kind of not open to the public to view mm. really and it's there's just been like a couple insider leaks of like these weird stipulations where like Spotify will pay like a big label a like set amount of money a month regardless of whether they make these streaming amounts or not and then because they haven't hit this target it means they can pay less to the artists and stuff it's it's mad complicated but um, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. yeah it's it's well I guess everyone's always kind of known that the record industry has been shady as fuck but um now there's just a lot less money to be shady as fuck with you know mm, like yeah at least at least before when people were shady as fuck and hoarding all this money the trickle down of the tiny amounts of money would still be enough for a lot of people to get by on um and now there's so little coming in that the trickle down is like fuck all you know yeah do do you find like it's easier or harder now for you as a band to kind of cut through and and you know make a, a decent amount i guess a decent amount is a completely relative term right but you know without like calling your accountant like do you find it like easier or harder to, to to sort of build up a following and and make like a decent amount of music uh mate we don't we don't we don't make anything um, yeah, see, <laughs> i mean decent is, is relative yeah right? I, I we we haven't even broken even on any anything so far mm. i haven't even come close to breaking even i mean there's the way we work at the moment to go really boring and like inside the nuts and bolts of it is we all invested a large like what well, not a large amount of money but but a decent for, amount. For, for us for the amount we earn at work quite a decent amount of money each on the last ep we invested a decent amount of money and then we just barely make it all back eventually and then that pays for the next thing so it's mm. like we're still working off this money that we've essentially lost um but re releasing and breaking through um it's it's a tough one it's a two it's kind of there's two sides of it i think like because there's this um it's not a complete meritocracy i grant you but it's more of a meritocracy than it was because of the internet mm. um so I, I feel like if you do make anything that's real that's really good I think at least like there'll be a few people that will pay attention to it you know it might not be a huge amount of people but it'll be more than um like regardless of how professional you are or like like whether you've got any backing behind you I think there will be people that pay attention to it um I've lost my train of thought <laughs> but um yeah so it's in that in that way it's it's easier but also there's not on the other side there's so much everywhere and i think people have a lot more a, a lot shorter attention spans now with music as well so we spend less time on stuff that we're not like hugely passionate about right yeah exactly and what uh, i don't know about you but like new stuff that comes out that i kind of like but i'm not like mad about i probably listen to it once and then Mm. that's that's probably that's probably it and i'm like oh i quite like that and then i probably won't listen to it again until like the end of the year or something like when your spotify like, rat comes up and you're like oh, oh no hell. like like when i'm like oh what records came out this year that were good and like all of everyone's like top 10 list comes out or whatever and i'm mm. like oh yeah that record was good and listen to it again and then that's kind of it like unless you're kind of like with me especially i've, I've got quite a, an extreme mind when it comes to taste anyway so I, it, it, it's weird to say, but I like things that either uh, make me think they're incredible, like pieces of art, or that are so bad that I despise them. Mm -hmm. Like those are my two kind of favorite, <laughs> favorite things to listen to, because at, at least the thing that I despise has made me like feel something. Anything in the middle ground, I'm just immediately bored by, like, mm. like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally, totally. I think, I, I think a lot of people feel like that at the moment. I, I've, yeah. I like gen generally speaking, and this is a massive generalization, but I find it really hard to stick with singles these days because I it's, it's like here's a three and a half minute hit of a band or a song that you like, and now you can't hear anything else for three to six months, except, <laughs> yeah. like except for old stuff that you've spun like 200 times, 
you know? And so I find that like a single will come out and I'll listen to it and I go, okay, that's cool. And then I'll shelve it and I'll wait for, for the record to come out. And, and then I will like obsess over it. You know, the, I mean, obviously the exception is like, you know, the singles and stuff that I get emailed to do this kind of shit. And I listen to it and go, yes, I fucking love that band. Like let's hang out. But yeah, generally as I, as, as a listener, I find it super hard to stick with things now. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Cause uh, like I, I, we, we kind of, we kind of want to release a load of singles. Like I, I like the idea of that kind of, um, I mean, like, like factory records, like this, I don't know if you know them, but like mm. indie label from the eighties and Manchester, they used to like uh, new orders, like one of their big bands. And they used to put out loads of singles that weren't on any albums like blue monday is like one of the biggest dance songs of all time wasn't on any album it was just a standalone single and it was the same with all the joy division stuff like love will tear us apart and atmosphere are their two biggest songs and they weren't on any albums um so i kind of like that model i mean they did it for for pure budgetary reasons so they mm. they they'd be like we're running out of money joy division need to put a new song out um, but I, I like I like to do it because it's it seems like there's the whole kind of like SoundCloud rap community and um, I mean those guys have fucking cracked it haven't they Yeah, I, but that is that is just constant singles. There's no albums in there at all, really. I mean they put out an album eventually when they get really big, but mm. it seems like that's not the aim. The aim is to just constantly put out music, and I kind of like that. Like that's I feel like that's one of the that that's one of the few newer kind of inventions within within the music industry at the moment. That's not like the the old world music industry. If anything, it's like hark, kind of harks back to like Motown and stuff, where it's it's just constant. It's like hit factory stuff, you know. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of like that. So we're we're, we're doing the half-assed attempts and just sit on the fence where we where we do both. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think- like. I, I love I love albums. Don't get me wrong. I love mm. the whole concept of having a group of pieces of music that kind of slotted together that share like a theme or whatever. But it, at the same time, now it kind of feels like a redundant format. I feel like the metal scene, community, alternative music, whatever we whatever we are, all 280 genres of us <laughs> kind of maybe need like a mindset shift in that. And I know that I'm totally part of that, right? Like I've, I think I'm old fashioned when I put on an album and listen to it from top to bottom, people are like to me like, who does that? And I'm like, doesn't everyone I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, like people listen to things on shuffle and I'm like, fuck you. This is like this for a purpose. But in terms of putting like all of those singles out, I feel like we as a kind of subculture, need to think about things slightly differently for before we can get there you know because we we still expect to pay 20 quid or 10 quid for you know 12 songs yeah i think so too there's lots of ideas within the electronic music community as well where like um instead of instead of releasing an album like a set album they'll uh, release like a playlist like a movable playlist so mm. you'll be able to you get like a group of 12 tracks and then it there's no set order so you can just shuffle and all of the songs still lead into each other, but that you can listen to them in any combination. And that's fucking not... genius. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. Like that's that's like a that's a new step forward in my book. Um, whereas, yeah, I yeah I love I love the album as a concept, but it is slightly old worldy. He says, putting out an album soon. <laughs> Yeah. The irony was not lost for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> just wanking into the wind at this point. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you duck, right? <laughs> on that, on on that uh, sweet note, sour note, um, <laughs> dude, thank you for coming and hanging out. It's been a oh, really I good sh- time. Oh, thank you. I should probably, so I don't get in trouble. <laughs> I should probably plug our new single. Um, we have a single called Slam Dancing in a Burning Building. It's just come out. There's a 360 video on YouTube. Um, you can also pre-order a pressing of our first EP, Drudge, with all of our standalone singles in a comp, in like nice two-disc final LP box set thing um, from our band camp. So Excellent do that. sales pitch. 
do that so we can put out more stuff, please. <laughs> and I will play Slam Dancing in a Burning Building um, after this when I put it up on the internet too. So nice. people can check it out there. Awesome, dude. Thanks for hanging out, man. Thank you. Thank you very Have much. Have a good afternoon. You too. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Ash Tubb from Sugar Horse here on the Modern Punk Podcast. Stick around. Now we've got the brand new single, Slam Dancing in a Burning Building, which you heard a little bit of at the start of this episode and is fucking fantastic. So make sure you stick around for that full song. And we'll be back next week. We've got some really cool stuff lined up over the next couple of weeks, and I'm super excited to share it all with you. If you like this episode, share it with someone that likes bands like Sugar Horse. Share it with someone that's into punk music. And let them come and hang out also. And if you want to, you can tweet me at More Than Punk on the old Twitter. Otherwise, hit like, subscribe, all the stuff that every other person with a fucking podcast tells you to do. This is Slam Dancing in a Burning Building from Sugar Horse. We'll be back next week on the More Than Punk podcast.